This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. A good Monday morning. It's hour two of the DA show here on CBS Sports Radio on the free Odyssey app, Sirius XM channel 158. And that's it. We've got no stream today or this week because both Kaplan and DA are off this week. You got Bogish, you've got Boyle, Botcher, and a Kevin Wall appearance. Now, Wall and I are here all five days. Botcher's here through Thursday. This is your lone Boyle visit, though, of the week. So. Now, I'd normally tell the ladies to make sure they're watching as intently as possible, but that's not possible today without the stream. Boyle is wearing a T-shirt, so no unnecessarily unbuttoned shirt today, revealing a chest hair or two, which drove the ladies crazy a couple of weeks ago. More professional, more subdued. I picked the wrong weekend to get some sun. What can I say? I felt yeah. good, you know. I don't look like uncooked chicken for once. <laughs> and next thing you know, there's no, there's no stream. I so. mean, I guess you could put yourself on like Instagram Live or something like that, or like take over our account, and you could just stream just yourself off. producing the show. That's a tremendous line, Kev. I, I didn't look like uncooked chicken. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Let's be real. It's true. It's good to know your parameters, right? <laughs> I guess, yeah. yeah. Because I've never had somebody call me on cooked chicken because I've got similar skin to Kevin. Very Irish. When red, you're Irish blotchy. and Canadian, there's no luck. You're just red I know. or pale. I'd bet that you you do any tanning, tanning bed, no, nothing? I don't have the time. Okay. I did I did get a spray tan before my senior prom. Me too. Yeah, see, I think that's pretty common. Before no. your senior prom? Yeah, spray tan? Yeah, it's not common. I was, no, it's I not. Was, Bob, it was you, cold. you weren't one of those guys? Spray tan? I don't think I've ever needed a spray tan. That's. Oh, sorry, Bot. Oh, sorry, yeah, I don't yeah. have your, I your perfect immaculate. I get natural sun color. <laughs> What's skin called? I almost said hemoglobin for a second. <laughs> Pigment? Uh, no idea. Is that what you're looking for? Pigment? Um, kind of. What's What's the... Melanin? No. Yes, melanin. Sorry, yeah. I don't oh. have your immaculate melanin there, Botch. Yeah, I mean, I just spent a week on the beach, and I don't have that much color because I have to be careful because I would be red like a lobster. But you get good color, day. aren't? What are you? You're Irish and German. Yeah, but it's big. But this is like what I get through, like heaping handfuls of sunscreen. Are you doing like SPF fifty? Yeah, and then after a while, I got one of those like long sleeve like you yeah. UPS, how what is it? What are UVA shirts like? Rash UPS. <laughs> yeah, That's I mean, one of those rate. UPS shirts. What are the, what are the three, turning into Sean? What are the three rating? The three letters that are the rating of, of U, like UV. No, there's three of them. I feel like SPF. 
Maybe I'm confusing the no, two of them. No, it's definitely SPF. Either SPF way. SPF is the sunscreen grade. I, I got a couple of long... UV rays is what the sun emanates. All right. Either way, I got a couple of long sleeve shirts that are supposed to protect me from the sun as well. And I got a, I got a, like a bucket hat kind of thing. I'm a loser because skin cancer is real, man. I, I'm going to have it. <laughs> I can't even tell you, and I'm sure Kevin can commiserate. Like, if I had a guess of the times that I have gotten sunburned to the point where you look at somebody and you go, dude, you look like a lobster, like at least 25 times in my life. Do you yeah. remember me last fall when I went to Jacksonville? And my face <laughs> was bright red. I had the sunglass, um, like I had my sunglasses on the whole time. So when I walked into the building, you could see the glass. <laughs> the glasses resembled. Uh, yeah, you underestimated that Florida sun big time. Oh, uh, but it was worth it. Yeah, I'm not. A, I wasn't a big beach guy growing up, so I don't. It took me a while to know all the beach protocols. When my wife and I first started dating, we went away for the weekend to like a, a, the Jersey Shore, a different part of it. And I was trying to act all tough, like, all right, sunscreen on once in the morning, went to the beach, swam, sat there. She doesn't want an umbrella. She wants the tan. I'm like, okay, fine, we'll get an umbrella. And I'm just laying there. Never reapplied. By like four in the afternoon, I was 115 degrees, beat red. I slept for like 36 hours. I couldn't have been less manly on this initial romantic getaway with my now wife. Since then, <laughs> all we do is reapply. I might as well not even go outside at this point. Well, dude, I, it reminds me of like a viral tweet I saw from years ago. And um, I think it was Dave Portnoy where he tweeted something about like how he didn't want sunburn and some dude called him a, you know, a meow. And he goes, oh, wow. He goes, imagine that. You're too, being too tough for the sun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. The sun's going to win. Out every time. So you're going to get skin cancer before the dementia that leads to the Boyle family fighting over your correct useless body. Okay, I'm guessing 45 for me. All right, I just I'm like how Boyle is yeah, lining be, up maladies. I, I, might, skin I might be there in 10 years. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> hopefully, I, that comes before the dementia. So by the time I'm, before I'm 40, we'll have the skin cancer. Dementia probably kicks in around 65, 70. So there's got to be some other malady, as you just said, that that gets thrown in there in between. Skin Maybe I gotta get my leg amputated. Kidney stones, kidney stones, kidney stones. Ooh, kidney stones. That seems temporary, though. Boyle's thinking more long term. Now you know what would happen. I'm the type of guy that would like I would have something going on in my leg, and I wouldn't get it checked out, and then it would get too late to the point where it's like we got to cut your leg off. It's good to have goals, Boyle. So we got skin cancer, amputated leg, dementia to finish me off. Yeah, <laughs> the creatine was worth it in your 20s, right? <laughs> and if you're just Tuning in somehow and not understanding. A couple of weeks ago, Boyle declared that he was hoping for a dementia-fueled end to his life because he wanted to have his many children fighting over his body to who gets what in the inheritance, like this weird reality show. And we were all confused by the excitement, the, the optimism of the dementia end. I don't want them fighting over me. I just want some I just want one of them to take care of me. Oh, okay. like I witnessed my mom do for her mom. And, you know. <laughs> so another benefit Absolute. of the boil, spreading boil seed is more kids increases the chances of one of them loving you step, enough yeah, to take care to of you at the end. Step up and take care of me and that's right. the one that's going to get the inheritance. Pretty simple. What I, I mean, do TV you, show. Uh, do, are you going to remember what your kids did for you in the beginning of your, uh, you know, in the beginning of their adulthood to be like, all right, yeah, this is the one who's getting written into the will. 
maybe most people just give it an equal shot. But, I mean, come on. Yeah, I think the default is, is my parents had that talk, God forbid. They, I'm t- sure a lot- they chose my sister over me. So. Yeah, right? I mean, a lot of parents it, raise it kids tracks, that are... It Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of parents raise kids that are scumbags. I'm not going to give... If I have a scumbag kid, I'm not giving him... I'm not putting him in the will. My youngest or sister... Or, or I got two younger sisters. One actually gets some skin color... Or, uh, you know, some good son. Mm-hmm. My youngest un- looks like uncooked chicken also. I guess my parents, like, you got to give her some hope, you know. Just two two pale kids? It's not going to work. I don't want another pale person to be my guardian, God forbid. Yeah, I guess parents do eventually have favorites, especially if one's a scumbag, like Boyle just said. Makes it easier, I guess, to break down the will. I love it. It's just like he's realizing that his children, not all of them are going to be good people. Yeah. So it's just like. Well, again, one. he wants to have 19 of them. So it's just all the odds. He's got of six all, in Vegas right now. Yeah. The odds <laughs> of all outcomes grow as the seed spreads more. That's the, the good and bad of the system, of the idea. Yeah. There's a, uh, there, there is a, a spectrum of the seed spreading. Right. You're not going to get every, you're not going to get all perfection. Right, it's you're not, not going to get all pro athletes, and you're not going to get all nice people. No, it's indiscriminate. There's no science here. You're not pick. You're not necessarily like vetting all of the mates. It just happens, and you see where we go from there. You're just rolling the dice, exactly. <laughs> and like hopefully, Bogus, one would, loves you. If you, who would, which kid would you put in the will right now? They would both. We'd be fifty fifty at this point. Neither one of them has 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 separated themselves, good or bad, over 12 and 9 years, respectively. Good answer. I'm yeah. sure your wife's very happy with you right now. Oh, they're not listening. Hopefully they're still <laughs> asleep. But if they are awake, they are certainly not listening to this show because it's got to be a, some terrible kids' TV show is on this early in the morning in my house. Um, the NFL had two separate situations that maybe I'm wrong in connecting, but... I connect them, and I'm confused by how we got to both decisions. Saturday night, Patriots-Packers in Lambeau. We're early fourth quarter. Isaiah Bolden, rookie cornerback, playing defense for the Patriots. There's a pass to the left side of the formation. He collides with a teammate. Scary situation. Face down, motionless on the turf. Everybody comes out. Medical personnel rushes to him. Face mask off. Immobilized on a stretcher. And off the field, he is taken to a hospital. He eventually checks out fine. I'm always amazed by this. He gets back to the team fast enough to have gone home with them on their scheduled flight. Everything is great. But in the moment, everything wasn't apparently great. And the game, preseason game, 10 minutes left. We're already on third, fourth stringers. Bill Belichick, Matthew Slater, Patriot player, Matt LaFleur, Packers head coach. Everybody agrees no need to play the game anymore. The game is called off with 10 whatever left. Then we get to last night, and in a non-sneaky event, Hurricane Tropical Storm Hillary is rolling through the southwest towards the greater L.A. area. It's raining. It's wind. There's floods. There's storms. There's lightning, whatever. There's winds. And then, as the NFL continues to proceed towards playing last night's Chargers-Saints preseason game, Mother Nature, some other god of whatever, throws in an earthquake, a 5.0 earthquake in the L.A. area as this tropical storm hurricane is rolling through the area, and we're still playing NFL games last night at SoFi, which, don't forget, is actually not a closed venue. It has a roof. But it's technically an open-air stadium because the sides are open to the elements. 
wind, rain, the weather can get in under the roof, in through all these openings. And this game goes off as planned. Now they played the whole thing. I hope people got home safely. Not everyone, thankfully, made the trip there. The NFL made the right decision on Saturday, or the Patriots and Packers made the right decision on Saturday. Last night, in a preseason game, it's the wrong decision. You can't ask, because the, the thing that we forget about is the amount of people required to be at these venues for these events. It's not as simple as going, well, the Saints are there, the Chargers live there, they can just get there early and hunker down and play. It's not them. It's the ushers and the concession stand people and everybody else that goes into actually running the building. Plus, when you play the game, unless you say we're not letting fans in, you're not necessarily forcing, but you're setting up the situation where people are going to get in their car or whatever. And I guess that's the only option there. Get in the car, get an Uber, and go to the stadium in the middle of this storm, which can create problems that don't need to be created where that's more cars out on the streets. There's more people traveling. Maybe they get stranded in a flooded road. Maybe there's an accident driving in bad conditions, and now emergency personnel are responding to that and not something else. You're spreading your your materials, your people, your personnel so thin. I, I can't believe that they played that game last night, especially because it's a preseason game, and it just doesn't matter. And... Those two teams had just had back-to-back days of joint practices, so they had gotten some real work in. All of the frontline guys weren't going to play last night anyway. Nobody was desperate to get, you know, one on offensive one versus the top defense, any kind of reps like that. I I just I sat there in mild shock all day as everyone kept going, no, they're still playing. Nope, they're still playing. Game's on. Game's on. And then at 7 o'clock, I got... Noah Eagle and Dan Fouts talking to me from this game from SoFi. And there's crazy rain and storms, and they're like 90 minutes post-earthquake. I don't, I, well, I don't know if you were paying attention to it. I don't know if you cared. I'm not necessarily angry. I'm just surprised that such a good decision was made on Saturday, and then yesterday was so confusing to play an utterly meaningless game during a hurricane. Uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised. Um, I Regular season game, I get it. I mean, how, the earthquake was a five? Yeah. You, and that was, like, do we know how, like, did the stadium shake? Do we know how much it I actually impacted? I believe people felt it at SoFi, people that were already there, because it was probably three hours pregame. So there were people already there that I believe felt it, yes. And it was a hurricane and an earthquake? Yeah, people had, they, they, people were sharing the screenshots of their home screen, their phone, that had two different emergency service alerts one about the earthquake to like literally said like get down be safe and flash flood warning in this area for the next three hours i mean well we had to see what easton stick had right we got to know if he's qb2 in case justin Fair. herbert gets hurt so i wasn't thinking about easton stick you're right <laughs> while armageddon is happening in la how about the picture from chavez ravine the dodgers say the parking lot looked like the stadium was like you know maybe another hour of rain away from being engulfed so I saw that picture, and I was waiting for, like, triple confirmation that it was real because I I got confused for a second, and other people got really burned. Somebody shared. No, that's a fake pic. No, no, no. I, that one I think is real. But before I saw that one, somebody had shared video 
from some kind of ride at Universal that involves like flooding, rushing water, and said it was like this was happening at some like municipal building, and and the the comments were that's you know Thunder Mountain idiots, and other people going hi John, this is blah 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 from KCBS. Can we please use this video? Do you give us permission to use it on our newscast tonight? So like that. So after people getting burned by that one, I sat out the Dodger Stadium one. I sat out, but I wanted to to share because I, you know me and my weather people. There were so many people early yesterday, like ahead of the worst part of the storm, being like, "This isn't that bad." Weather people are idiots. Why are we fear mongering? This isn't that bad. And then Dodger Stadium was basically floating away yesterday <laughs> in like three or four inches of rain. <laughs> I'm glad you sat that one out. Yeah, I sat that sure. one alone. That's Elon Musk's Twitter, man. Or X. You, you never... No, that predates him. And yeah, that that's, is true. That's the, the, the but end. now the trolling has reached an all-time high where you don't know what's real. You don't know. Somebody could post a photo of something that is real, and it's from years ago. Right. So, uh, but yeah, no, I guess very scary. Um, hopefully there were zero casualties at all. Um, but, yeah, I mean, dude, like, these, these phenomenons, these globe shaking or you know history affecting storms you literally had an earthquake and a hurricane at the same time like they're not going anywhere well they're, they're not going away no but the double dip would have i don't know how i would handle that because i'm already petrified like that well so here you go you're gonna probably i guarantee this and i don't hope for it but i just knowing how the weather is and you know how you've got plenty of teams in florida and you got a team in new orleans that has already witnessed a major catastrophe in Katrina. Like, there's probably going to be a game this year during the NFL season where there's either a hurricane or just torrential downpour, which I guess is a hurricane. Um, and there's going to be folks, you know, there's probably going to be a good chance that the game should be canceled, and I doubt it will be because yeah. it's the NFL. We've got like three storms pre-hurricane things spinning right now in the Atlantic. Yeah, there's only one sport bigger than a hurricane. It's the NFL. Although they've they have I think they've seen the error of their ways in recent years. They now understand that it is okay to move a game either up a day or back a day if they have to. They were definitely pig headed for a while. You think COVID helped that? Uh I think COVID was kind of like the clincher. It already started before that, that they've realized that it's actually not the worst thing in the world to move a game and be smart and be safe. But yeah, I mean this and we're not even in peak hurricane season yet. Like, that's still, I think, most of September is that. So, like, we're having begun dealing with this, and we've already had a preseason game played through the daily double of a hurricane and an earthquake. I thought hurricane season was over. <laughs> uh, when we come back, we've got some house cleaning to do. I Everything, the first month of messy under Miami, which, where we, which is where we began the show, has been fantastic, exceeding all expectations to the positive. The first month of Mraz on the fan has exceeded all expectations to the negative. They're at warp speed, embarrassing themselves. Boyle at a, at a front row seat forward on Friday. We need to address it today, further addressing next week when DA is here. But we can't wait that long. This happened on Friday. We'll address it next here on Monday morning, the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. We are back on the DA show. Hope you had a great weekend. Andrew Bogus in for DA all this week. Botcher, Boyle, Kevin Wall all here. We'll get a Caserta, Peter Schwartz appearance during the week uh, coming up as well. In fact, two appearances apiece. We're going to alternate Schwartz and Caserta days after today. It's like because, the island of misfit toys. <laughs> well, I mean, and it's good because either one of them back to backs a lot. So you rotate them. In and out, you love them, then you miss them, then they're back the way it should be done. Boyle's got your headlines this morning. We've got a lot to do before we're done at 10 a.m. Eastern. Sounds of Saturday continues with the longtime voice of Tennessee football and men's basketball, Bob Kessling. Jared Dubin, NFL writer for CBSSports.com, is on the show as well. But right now, show on show crime. I, I, it's been warp speed down the hall. They took our Shawnee. They wouldn't let him call himself Mraz, but they have out-Mrazzed us when it comes to exploiting all that Sean is. He's eating cookies, stealing cookies from Giants linebackers. He's kind of asking tough questions of the Jets head coach. He may or may not have reported that Derek Jeter will be the next GM of the Yankees if Brian Cashman's fired. He is clearly still the food guy. The only thing he hasn't done yet is tap danced. He's been in full show pony mode for the last four weeks. A lot of it is whatever. But this one particular thing cannot continue. It just cannot. They all need to be better than this. And this is happening more than once, but it came up again on Friday. Boyle was there producing the show. So he watched this happen. This is Shawnee. It's Tom Lugauer. Is there anybody else who was on no, the show? No, I was Friday? in for Lugar. So it was Sean. Oh, it was the normal hosts, Evan Roberts and Tiki Barber. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing either, since they actually have less of a concrete staff than we do these days. Yeah. So no. Evan and Tiki were there. Yeah, but and the whole Sean show was, was there. there, and I was filling in for the producer okay. slash board op, Tom Lugauer. And then this conversation. Sean's not a producer anymore. Right. He's a third voice. So I had to do. Talent. I had basically had to do 35 different responsibilities. And all Shawnee had to do was talk about how he doesn't take the SATs. Which is where we pick things up from Friday's show on WFAN. You go to community college first, you do not have to take the SATs. They will take your high school transcript. And the moment you transfer, if you've done two years at a community college, they no longer require SATs. They take your two years of your community college. So you've what never... do you think you would have made? Uh, I don't know. Wait, I, so did you not take it because you knew you were going to go to community college? Yeah, and like me and my one buddy just like, it was, everybody was going on a Saturday morning. It wasn't our thing. We went to the bagel store. Instead, we skipped doing it. We were signed up for it. We skipped out. And oh. I knew I was going to Suffolk Community College first. I was like, why do I need to take this? You know, there's only one answer to this. Uh, Boyle, can you do something for me? Please get on the phone and sign Sean up to take the SATs. Yes. We'll go middle of October. We need sure. to do this. Thank you. What's uh, your date of birth? Stop it. We got to create an account first. No, I, I appreciate that. By thirteen eighty-seven. If anything, that makes it like you really need to do it because you were attempting to do Why it. Why do I need to do it? Just to know so that when Tiki Barber says, and I thought it was beautiful, hey, 
I didn't do that well. I got an 1190. And my heart drops because that's what I got. And, and you I was were like, I about. did great. I did 1190. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to brag I got an 1190. I don't need that thrill, dude. I come I come in every day. I get to talk giant shankies. I, I eat. I pass gas. <laughs> like, I don't need to do the SATs. It's a great idea for a bit. It really is. Which is why we already did it. This cannot be done. Tiki's better than this. Evan is better than this. The brand of WFAN is better than this. If they want to tackle this subject, they should just play the clips from this show when we already addressed the fact that Sean skipped out and never took the SAT. We've done this. We brought Chicken Pesto Lady here to proctor the exam. In fact, they can't do it specifically because we're not done doing it. If everybody will remember, we still, stupid DA will still not give me the correct satisfaction of declaring Sean's score null and void because DA didn't know how to grade the messed up version of the SAT that we gave Sean. Got it all wrong. So Sean gets to sit here and puff his chest about a score that's completely invalid. And DA is still using words like might and maybe and could and should and would. He will not put his foot down and declare Sean legally dumb. Until he does that, it's really our bit. But even short of that, it's not their bit. And Sean says, because as you know, once this happened on Friday, there were texts flying amongst the group. Sean swears that he told them, guys, we can't do this. It's done. It's been done. I'm not doing it again. We did it on the network, and they just keep pushing forward with it. But they can't do this. This is our thing. It's already been done. It's already been done. It can't be as funny as Chicken Pesto Lady and Oliver Luck being here while Sean is sitting there taking the tea. And then all of the drama of DA's Bacock the grading scale. And the huge fight we had after the fact. They can't even, they can't do it better than we did it. It happened, it feels like two days ago on this show. And in the first month of their show, they're already like, hey, dummy, let's take the SAT. It's just, it's not possible. And Sean swears he's putting his foot down. And I only half believe him. But if they keep going with this, it is a mark on all of them for forever. I didn't steal audio from those French dudes at the tennis event in Cincinnati 13 <laughs> years ago. But this is straight lazy plagiarism if they continue with this idea and that dude sits in a room and takes a test. Journalistic integrity, Bogues. Yeah. I, I appreciate Come it. Come on. I got to tell you this, though, man. If you have the girl who played Lucy Ball and you started a new show, are you not going to have somebody walk in the door and say, Lucy, I'm home? Right. You're going to do the same stuff. No, no, you're going to be you're creative. Going to. If you had Kramer on a different show than Seinfeld, he's still going to walk in the door and slap his hand down and flop no. his hair all over the place. That's that, that's a show that you can't, can't take the show out of the pony. You can take the pony out of the show. But what you can do is be creative, do your own things that still exploit the same principles. You could have fun with Sean not being book smart, for lack of a better term. You can you can play off that in many ways. You just can't make him take the SAT because we already did it two doors down. And I know nobody listens to the network, but a lot of people listen to the network those days and still listen to us and loved it. 
they just they don't get this one. They want to make Sean run like he's Giancarlo Stanton. They want to have him yell at Carlos Rodon stickers outside of Yankee Stadium. Be my guest. You want him to eat some crazy ballpark food? Fine by me. But if he takes the SAT, they should all be ashamed of themselves. It's a hack move. Especially once they know it. It's okay that they didn't know it happened. But once they know it happened, move on. Pick something else. It's not yours, it's ours. And if Sean's a man, he'll eventually completely kill it. Say it can't be done. But I unfortunately think that Sean's manhood will be overcome by the other dopes in the room, and they're going to keep pushing it forward and keep embarrassing themselves by sticking to this that was already done to near perfection by us. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing that they keep missing. Once DA figured Sean out, he stopped doing preconceived things with Sean. He just let Sean happen. Right? It just happened. Now, obviously, the SAT thing became a bit. But it's all of those things start from naturally Sean being Sean. These guys down the hall are just are, are right out of the gate. I mean, they are they haven't even technically, this is all still a soft launch of their show. They've only done like eight actual full shows together so far. They're doing this month or six weeks, whatever it is, like to be fine-tuned for post-Labor Day when football season's here and the ratings matter again. So they're not even in to like, this is like, to use another Broadway reference this morning, this is like previews. This is not the real show. Their opening night is like the Tuesday after Labor Day. And they're already driving Sean the ground by just rapid fire one after the other doing all of these tired, already done bits. They should be better than that. This one makes me mad. This one can't happen. This one we need to take a stand on. I don't know exactly how DA feels, and I'm sure he will address it next week because I'm sure actually some combination of those guys are off this week. I think Sean's off this week, so maybe there will not be new SAT conversations this week for DA to work off of next week. But this will come up next week when he's back. And my guess is he's going to say similar things. That there are a handful of stuff that's ours that they can't have. And this is one of them. They shouldn't want this one. They shouldn't want to do what we've already done. But they are not going to relax on this one. This is going to be a fight. And sweet little Sean's in the middle of all of it. And I love, you're not, you're not, uh, you're putting your foot down. You're not taking yeah, it lying down here. Come on. Because I, I get it. Now, I, I still don't get why he can't be Mraz while they're making him be Mraz on the show. Like, he can't call himself that, but he needs to act like that at all. I, that one I don't get in general. But specifically here, once I'm, t- if, if I was them, and once somebody alerted me to the fact that, oh, no, we, I, I already did the SAT bit. Okay, then I'm moving on. I'll think of something new. Something new. We want to have fun with you not knowing things. There's other ways to do that. Play Jeopardy. I mean, any, lame other, any other lame idea, Sean will be Sean, and it'll work. But you can't do the things that we did, especially because when we did it, it was one of the, it's one of the all-time storylines in the show's history, and it still hasn't been even resolved yet. Don't forget that part either. Because D.A. can't man up himself and say he was wrong and Sean's score sucks.
But yeah, I'm 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 here for this fight. I'm here for this fight. And they should just be more creative. Pick their own thing to make fun of Sean's idiocy. Because it's funny, but there's other ways to do it. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Phone lines always open for you. You can tweet us at Andrew Bogish, at CBS Sports Radio. Uh, we'll close out this hour with pre-Jokovic and Alcaraz, the best thing I saw on TV yesterday. But right now, headlines. Here's Boyle. All right. We start with baseball. Last night, you had the Little League Classic in Williamsport. The Nationals surviving a three-run Ninth inning attempted comeback from the Phillies. D.C. holds on to take the rubber game 4-3. to three. Phillies still the top team in the NL wildcard standings, but they lose their grip by a game on the teams directly below them. Some of the other bigger scores uh, from yesterday, the Red Sox sweeping the Yankees 6-5 in a back-and-forth affair. Justin Turner, a three-run home run to put the Sox up. In the seventh inning, then he delivered a go-ahead RBI double. In the ninth inning, there was an overturn call at the plate. This was a wild one. When the dust settled, the Yankees have now lost eight games in a row for the first time since 1995. And get this, the Red Sox ain't much better. These two teams, they are in the the cellar of the AL East. I mean, two once-proud franchises. You had the team basically giving like a, a, a champagne shower for Alex Cora after the game. Did you, you know, see this? And this is this is my new um, anger with the Mets and their bleep show of a season. If the Mets had even a shred of normalcy this year, of decency, that I could enjoy the Yankees falling apart. Yeah. But I can't because the Mets are worse. I can't say the Yankees are four games under 500. I think they're nine back of a wild card spot. I believe so. Their manager's having powwows with ownership this weekend. The Red Sox rolling through the stadium. And I can't say a peep because the Mets are worse. Because the Mets are worse. I can't, the Yankees are finally crumbling, and I can't even enjoy that because the Mets won't let me. Correct. And afterwards, you had Alex Cora. Again, after basically as if they won the division... Uh, he goes, yeah, you know, we, we can't get too caught up. Yeah, and the Red Sox are still three games out of the final wild card spot. Speaking of Houston, uh-oh, a little trouble for them. Swept yesterday at the hands of the Mariners, who now have won six in a row, and they're only a half game back of Houston. Eugenio Suarez with a big two-run home run. Um, not good times right now for the Houston Astros either. Other of the big scores, the Giants held on to beat the Braves 4-3. Jock Peterson with a bases-loaded walk in the ninth as they take down the Braves. And where are the Padres? I had them loaded up here. What an idiot. The Padres played who? They were home this weekend, right? I don't think the Padres... Oh, no, they didn't play yesterday. They played two Saturday to get away from the storm. Yeah, that was what I had. The Padres played two games on Saturday. They did not play yesterday. And the Blue Jays crushed... The Reds, 10-3. to three. Five home runs in that game. Brandon Belt had two of them. All right, NFL news from a busy week two of preseason. The scariest moment of the weekend that unfortunately evoked memories of DeMar Hamlin was what happened Saturday night in Green Bay between the Patriots and Packers. Patriots rookie corner Isaiah Bolden was immobilized, placed on a stretcher after absorbing a hit from a teammate. The game was suspended in the fourth quarter. Good news, Isaiah Bolden is out of the hospital. He has all the feelings in his extremities. He's going to be okay. Um, and as a result, the Patriots had planned to 
fly to Tennessee on Sunday where they were scheduled to have two practices with the Titans before their preseason finale. They've canceled those. So I'm going to ask this to Jared Dubin when he joins us uh, next hour here on the show, but I'll ask you now, do, do you think when they canceled the two practices that they thought things were worse? Like why? Because it's they did it instantaneously. Like they the announcement was he's in the hospital, he's under evaluation, and we're not going to Tennessee now. We're just going to go home. Yeah, I did wonder. They think something was really wrong, or do they just think that okay, that was a scare? Let's go back and be safe and just practice amongst ourselves and avoid any kind of extra contact. Yeah, I, I think these joint practices, for the most part, it's good for the competition. It gets guys fired up that they're not beating the crap out of their own teammates right. on a, on a daily basis. But then again, like you, you don't have joint practices during the season before you hmm. play a team, obviously, on a Sunday. So if you're worried about guys, you know, potentially getting injured, and I've, you know, if you watch the Jets' hard knocks, there's a lot of fights and skirmishes yeah. that are going on in these joint practices. It feels like more than usual. Maybe it's just we're hearing about them more and more and more with social media nowadays. Well, there's more. I, the practices have definitely gone up because they lost the preseason game. I think there's more of them now. Yes, so there's more fighting. I feel like you only maybe had one week where you were doing a joint practice. It feels like yeah. they've been doing joint practices now the entire preseason but leading we, up to a game. But now we've had a handful of arrangements cut from two days to one. And then somebody again last night, the Texans and somebody killed their joint practices this week. They're just going to play their game yes. at the end of the week. So now we're having the uptick in them. And now they've seen to be too much. And we're kind of resetting back to maybe just one, if any. Yeah, and I and I think obviously you know with how scary everything was with Demar Hamlin last year and the trauma that that probably imposes on one of these players to see that happen like deja vu all over again on Saturday night. Uh, I I think that you, you kind of just need like a couple of days to reset. And football by nature is a barbaric sport. The collisions like this are going to keep happening. I think we can cross our fingers and hope that nothing like DeMar Hamlin ever happens again, but we almost got a repeat of it. Just, you know, not even a, like we're not even, we haven't even started next season. Right. And we are lucky that Isaiah Bolden is out of the hospital already and all that stuff. So, you know, again, it can happen any play in any game on any Sunday, the 17 weeks that we have them, 18 weeks. Uh, but I think, yeah, it was probably just, all right, out of precaution, give these guys a couple days to reset, get their minds away from things before we plunge right back into it in another couple of days here. Um, elsewhere, sources confirmed Aaron Rodgers is going to make his Jets debut Saturday against the Giants in the preseason finale. Rodgers has participated in every training camp practice, but has not stepped foot on the field in any of the Jets preseason games so far. They played the Buccaneers on Saturday. He had Tim Boyle doing the family name proud. He <laughs> had a couple of nice drives I was watching. Um but I, I I don't I don't get this one, Bogues. The Jets play the Giants during yes. the season this year, yeah. Week Eight. So it's not like it's at the end of the year. Rodgers again, thirty nine years old. I get it. You want to get him in sync with the offense. Is him playing a quarter against a Giants pass rush that has looked pretty good so far really going to do anything for you? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're you're really only there's only negatives that I feel like can come out of this. Unless he for some reason wants to play, but he hasn't played a preseason game since 2018. And you're right, this is a weird one. They they want this to be a dress rehearsal and play maybe the whole first half. But the theme right now for the Jets is fixing their offensive line, and you can't put him back there and have Kayvon Thibodeau run him over and hurt him in a preseason game. 
whether they're meeting again in the regular season or not, I, I to me, the list is longer and longer every summer. But Rodgers has been on it for a while. He just he just doesn't play preseason. If I was in charge, he just doesn't. But I, they, I, I'm not. They're not me. I agree. One more quick thing: Sean McVay, Rams coach, said that Cooper Cup will be returning to practice this week again. Cup missed most of the end of last year with a the leg injury. And really quickly to pivot to golf, Brooks Kepka going to need help to compete for the United States in the upcoming Ryder Cup. He was uh, did not lost out on the automatic Ryder Cup berth. Because um, he's not among the six automatic qualifiers who made the U.S. team after the BMW Championship that finished yesterday. By the way, Victor Hovland hmm. won that one yesterday and a great finish with Scotty Scheffler. Uh, really quickly to finish up here, a little tennis. We talked about it last hour, Chapter 4, between world number one Carlos Alcaraz and the 23-time Grand Slam champion Novak Djokovic. First meeting since their epic final at Wimbledon where Alcaraz won in five sets. The Joker played his cards well last night, coming back from a set and breakdown, saved the championship point in the second set tiebreak, battled through dehydration and exhaustion, and won a final set tiebreak as well to outlast Alcaraz and win the Cincinnati Masters title in a three-hour and 50-minute classic. Earlier yesterday, 19-year-old Coco Goff took another massive step forward in her career, winning her first Masters title yesterday, taking out Carolina Muhova in straight sets. We've got some sound from Coco that we can hear next hour, but not enough time for that. Uh, finally, <laughs> 24 hours ago at this point, Spain won the Women's World Cup with a 1-0 victory over England yesterday. I know you're going to talk more about their coach and the drama, um, but how about this, though, for polar opposite feelings, if you're Olga Carmona, yeah. she scored the game-winning goal for Spain in the final, then hours after the game learned that her father passed away. A uh, Spanish spokesperson for the team reported her father had been battling an illness for a long time, actually passed on Friday. So the final was Sunday night Australia time. So that's pretty depressing because you think of, okay, his final hours were spent watching his daughter make history for the country. Uh, no, didn't didn't even make it to Sunday. Morbid stuff. And after she scored, she lifted her jersey and showed a T-shirt with writing on it. And then after the game explained that it was a tribute to her friend's mom who just passed away. Yeah. And she played that game not knowing that her dad had died too. It, yeah. Awful. Uh, not to bring religion into it, but I mean, another reason why God or a higher power doesn't exist. You know, if God couldn't give her dad two day, two more days. Huh? Couldn't help him last two more days to watch his daughter make history. Come on. It's an early Trash Tuesday for you. You're trashing yeah, God. it's a scam. <laughs> it's a scam. Uh, that's all I got. Religion. More of that next. And plus the Little League World Classic. Uh, it was amazing yesterday. All the good feels. That's next. The DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. So you've got two baseball lifers sitting here right now. Me and Boyle. One of us, Boyle, was an actually good player. Yesterday, at least for me, was special. I love the Little League World Series. And then yesterday is when they bring two big league teams in, the Nationals and the Phillies. And they were playing baseball in Williamsport from 9 a.m. Eastern yesterday. And from about lunchtime, they've got the camera on the planes, landing at the airport, the players bussing over, and then walking through the grounds, shaking hands, signing autographs, sliding down the hill outside the stadium before they played a game in the area last night, which the Nats won 4-3 over those Phillies. But it's just, it's all the feels. Baseball is my first love. Little League is what we all can remember. And then to have those guys, those pros walking around in all of the setting, wanting to meet these kids who they've been watching on TV for the last week or whatever. And the one particular scene just kind of worked out where 
a team from the Philadelphia area was playing, trying to rally and stay alive as the Phillies showed up. And this one kid gets a hit that brings his team within a run. And amongst all his friends and family and his parents, there's four or five, including Bryce Harper, Phillies in their jersey standing up in that section, cheering, signaling, doing the hand celebration out to the kids. It is, it's a wonderful event, an absolutely wonderful event. It's a great day for baseball, almost so that I think that should be the only thing that happens in baseball. Nobody else plays just that game and the Little League World Series. If you love baseball, yesterday is one of the best days on the calendar. Hour number three begins with James Harden. Nothing good about that situation in Philly right now. He's next on the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 